From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. And today we have a super stacked episode for you. Happy Friday, motherfuckers. We got a great show for you guys today. But before we get into all the shit that we're going to be talking about, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world, all the Wrestling DeLorean passengers who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Not only do you listen to the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but everybody who's also been riding with the live watch-alongs on Twitch, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you guys. Honestly, right hand to God. Without you, there is no me, and I love you so much. Like I said, we have a super stacked episode for you today. We're talking about WWE Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. We're talking about AEW from this past Wednesday. And we're going to go back in time. And we're going to be ending this Friday off right. Because I didn't get a chance to do it on Monday. We're going to be talking about... WWE Monday Night Raw from 1997 so you don't want to miss out we're going back in time today if you don't already follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod follow along on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod and make sure you subscribe to the Twitch because we're doing live watch alongs every Wednesday for AEW Dynamite every Friday for WWE Smackdown and AEW Rampage and we're going to throw in another week we're going to be throwing in Every Saturday, we're going to be doing a live watch-along. This Saturday is going to be the AEW Battle of the Belts show. So a lot is coming up here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and without you, there is no me. So I appreciate all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers. So without further ado, let's get into the Super Sex Show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday Wednesday and Friday and now into your nightly routine every Wednesday and Friday for Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Twitch. I appreciate all my supporters, all my fans, all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers, everybody who rides for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I salute you guys because without you, there is no me. So shout out to all of y'all. Anyway, Let's get right into it. We got a lot to talk about. Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. AEW from Wednesday. We're going back in time. We got news and notes. We're talking all about it. So we're going to get into that right now. But before we do, shout out to our sponsors at Three Falls Brand. The best punk rock and wrestling mashup merchandise you don't 
want to miss out on some of the dope ass designs you already missed out on the thou shalt not fuck with the dudley's design the design that was co-signed by devon dudley himself testify i got my shirt i got it in time i hope you guys did too a lot more cool designs coming from three falls brand but why am i telling you about it let me let me let the founder tell you about three falls brand mean gene let these people know hey listeners this is mean gene of three falls brand are you a fan of wrestling are you also a fan of rock music if so check out threefallsbrand.com for all your wrestle punk merch We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Again, check us out at 3FallsBrand.com and on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Shout out to Three Falls brand. I fuck with Three Falls brand heavy. All right. Let's 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 get into what we're here to talk about. Let's talk about this past Monday's Monday Night Raw. A really good episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, usually you got the WrestleMania hype. You got the post-WrestleMania Monday Night Raw where it's still hyped up. But then things start to fizzle down a little bit after the Raw after Mania. Not the case here. Got a lot of good shit on the show and a lot of hype going into the future. So let's talk about that motherfucker right now. Right off the bat, starting out hot, we had The Miz on Miz TV bringing out his guest, Cody Rhodes. The Miz is just talking about how, you know, Seth Rollins is uh, wanting a rematch and he's better than Seth. And tonight he faces Cody Rhodes, all that blah, blah, blah. He introduces Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes makes his grand entrance with a lot of extra pyro. I saw people online saying that the WWE kind of played a rib on Cody Rhodes there with all the pyro. But Cody Rhodes' entrance had a lot of pyro. The Miz jokingly said that now that you broke the pyro budget, uh, let's get into the Miz TV. He calls Cody an egomaniac, which is saying a lot coming from the Miz. But with some pandering to the crowd, Cody Rhodes said, Forgive me, Miz, but it's been a long time since I've been in front of a hot crowd like right here in Detroit, Michigan. You know what I mean? Which got the the cheap pop. Crowd goes wild. Anyway, Miz wants to start Miz TV. He tells Cody Rhodes to take a seat. He says that if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes' family name, he wouldn't be the grandson of a plumber. He would just be a plumber. Which Cody Rhodes responded saying that it's apropos that he would be a plumber because the Miz is full of. Then he didn't say the word. Can't say that on USA. This ain't TNT anymore, Cody. You can't say shit. Anyway, he says that he hasn't changed at all. He calls the Miz a full blown carny at this point. And then he says that, but at the end of the day, the Miz is reliable. He asks the Miz, does he look the same to you? Do I look the same to you, The Miz? Hey, Miz, I got a neck tattoo. I got a little chest tattoo that says dream. I got new blonde hair. I got my little muscles popping out. You know what I mean? I didn't look like this in fucking 2015 at Stardust. Do I look the same to you? Because in the six years that I was gone, The Miz is exactly the same since when Cody left. Anyway, he says that it's been 
a long road the last six years, and everybody knows where he's been, but it's going to lead him to the WWE Championship title, belt. But no, 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 belt is a dirty word in the WWE, so the Miz corrects him and says, you mean a title, a belt holds your pants up. The Miz says that Seth Rollins wants a rematch against Cody Rhodes, and he thinks that Cody's too scared to go against Seth Rollins. The Miz is acting really jealous of Cody. He talks about how Mania, the Miz, won his match as well. He didn't need to have the grand popping circumstances that Cody did. The Miz says that we all know where you've been for the last six years. But remember, when you come back here, that this is my show and nobody's going to disrespect me on my show. So Cody stops him and says, something that people don't usually say to you, Miz, I actually respect you. And the Miz has a lot of hostility because he is threatened by Cody. Cody said that he is here to face the very best wrestlers, where the Miz also corrects him and says that's not what we call them here. We call them superstars. Really funny exchanges here. Cody is looking forward to his first match on Raw in six years tonight. Miz goes to sneak attack Cody. Cody ducks and the Miz retreats right off the bat. I don't even remember the last time Cody Rhodes and the Miz faced off. Because it wasn't like Miz was facing Stardust every week on uh, Raw. Like, so, and there were two heels. So, it must have been a lot longer than six years. Probably even longer than that. You know, maybe like nine years. Now, if you do think about it, the Miz's character has very little change since the nine years that the last time these two men faced. But Cody's right. Cody Rhodes has changed a lot. Since he left the WWE, created a whole name for himself, and then came back here. It does seem like Cody Rhodes felt a little disrespected and a little uncomfortable with The Miz talking about Dusty Rhodes. I know he said in a backstage interview one time that he thinks that it's the low-hanging fruit when a wrestler goes and mentions his Dusty Rhodes. And he also mentioned on an interview, I believe with Chris Van Vliet, that he says that the one thing that people are told that you cannot say against Cody because he will not tolerate it is bringing up Dusty Rhodes to further their feud. So I think it was interesting that The Miz was talking about Dusty Rhodes here. I know that this is only because Cody Rhodes brought up Dusty Rhodes last week, but it did seem, if you look on Cody's face, he did seem to be a bit, a tad bit uncomfortable with that. So it was really interesting. Anyway... Cody Rhodes and The Miz, they they have a lot in common. Whether you like to believe it or not, there's a lot of similarities between Cody Rhodes and The Miz. You have the, first of all, the ego of both guys. Now, I fuck with Cody, but Cody's an egomaniac. A lot of people would say it. Hell, Brandy Rhodes said it. The Miz is an egomaniac. Cody Rhodes branched off into reality TV. The Miz is also on reality TV. The Miz has shows like Dancing with the Stars. Cody Rhodes has shows like The Go Big Show. So there's a lot of similarities between The Miz and Cody Rhodes. So I thought it was a good good uh, booking by the WWE to match these two guys up as Cody Rhodes' first match back on Raw because there's a lot of similarities. People were even saying, they were speculating, will Cody Rhodes get the Miz-type treatment when he comes back to the WWE with a reality show with 
late night appearances on talk shows with Dancing with the Stars. And I think that, you know, he very well may. But it's interesting because you already have a guy in the WWE who has that spot. And that's The Miz. Fast forward later on in the show, these two guys had a phenomenal matchup. Now, a lot of people want to shit on The Miz's in-ring abilities. I don't. The Miz wrestles a conservative but a solid matchup most of his matches. Now, I am not the biggest fan of The Miz's wrestling style, but you got to admit that Miz's wrestling style works for him. Now, not to bring it back to the whole, you know, talking smack shoot that he did with um, Daniel Bryan at the time, but The Miz was telling the truth when he says that he's never injured. Like Cody Rose said, The Miz is reliable. He's very reliable. So I think that The Miz definitely doesn't get the respect that he deserves. But Cody Rose picks up the victory. He is then approached by Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is saying how he wants his rematch. Now that he's not surprised by Cody Rhodes' return, now that he knows what he's in store for with Cody Rhodes, let's have a rematch one more time at WrestleMania Backlash. Cody Rhodes, of course, accepts. I think that this matchup may be even better than their WrestleMania matchup. Got the feeling out process out the way at WrestleMania. Let's see what these guys can really do. So it should be really interesting. I, I fuck with the direction of Cody Rhodes right now on WWE. That's all I'm going to say. Someone else who I'm really rocking with with their direction right now is Damian Priest. The AJ Styles-Damian Priest match on this show was very good. Such a solid matchup, good matchup, and a very brutal matchup. These guys were beating the living shit out of each other. There was one point where Damian Priest had AJ Styles down and was saying, you want more pain styles? while kicking him in the back, and you could just hear the thud every single time Damian Priest's fucking shin hit the back of AJ Styles. It didn't sound like a slap, you know, the, the, the fucking, you know, thigh slaps, with every, you know, with every super kick you got the... It didn't sound like that. That shit sounded like a thud every single time. You knew AJ Styles felt that. Now, a lot of people were shitting on the ending of this matchup, but I believe it's going to lead to bigger things. There is a dark, ominous presence behind Damian Priest. Damian Priest counters the phenomenal forearm by kicking AJ Styles out the ring. He then stomps on the ring mat and all of a sudden the lights drop and he's on his knees and he looks like a fucking vampire with that blue light on. It added a lot to the character. Now, yes, we're probably going to get a rematch. I know a lot of people are mad we didn't get an ending to this matchup, but what do you expect? This is Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is notorious for having matches end with fuck finishes so they build up to longer storylines. It's not often we get clean finishes on Raw anyway in all time periods. I'm going to talk about the 1997 Monday Night Raws and, and even in the 1997 Monday Night Raws, we was getting a lot of fuck finishes back then. So it's okay. It's okay to sacrifice the finish of this matchup to create a more mystique for Damian Priest because I think that if this is going to lead to anything, Damian Priest's partnership with Edge it should lead to Damian Priest being catapulted higher up on the card. Him working with guys like AJ Styles is going to better Damian Priest. Him being partners with a guy, a legend, a Hall of Famer like Edge is going to catapult. I already used that word. It sounds a little weird me saying it twice, but it's going to 
elevate Damian Priest to be a upper echelon top star on Raw. If Damian Priest, however long this whole shit's going to go on with Edge, right? If Damian Priest, by the end of this, is not at least in talks for contendership for the world champion, then they're not doing their job right. The WWE is not booking this shit right. Because Damian Priest has all the tools. Size. Character. Speed. Ability. Charisma. He has this ominous presence to him. Now he's working with guys like AJ Styles and Edge. There's no excuse for why this doesn't catapult. God, why do I keep saying that word? There's no excuse for why this doesn't make Damian Priest rise up to the next level in his career here. I love, love, love the way Monday Night Raw ended here with a huge tag team matchup between the Usos and the Street Profits. I just got to say, all across the wrestling world, tag team wrestling is alive and well. Tag team wrestling is not only alive and well, but tag team wrestling is flourishing. I remember when the Young Bucks... During AEW's infancy, when the Young Bucks had that press con well, AEW had the press conference, and the Young Bucks said, Do you think that tag team wrestling can main event a television show? And the crowd went wild. The Young Bucks wanted to bring prestige back to tag team wrestling with AEW. AEW, without a doubt, has been putting on some of the best tag team matches. We saw it last week with FTR and the Young Bucks, absolutely phenomenal matchup. We saw it this week with the tag team title matchup. I'll talk about that when we get into our AEW review. But with tag team wrestling main eventing AEW Dynamite last week and putting on a hell of a show, putting on a hell of a performance, both teams showing that they belong in the main event. Then you fast forward to the WWE doing the same thing on Monday with the Street Profits and the Usos. And you got to say, if you are a fan of tag team wrestling, there is no better time than right now. Because even when you had the, the boom period, even when you had the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, APA, those motherfuckers were not main eventing. They could have. You could have put any one of those TLCs in the main event of any pay-per-view. But they didn't. Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Kane. These wrestlers were too big to trump. But right now in the current landscape of professional wrestling, you have the stars to make tag team wrestling big. You have the teams. You have the talent. Right now is a revolutionary period for tag team wrestling and people don't even talk about it. A fucking five-star classic on AEW Dynamite last week. A great, great classic, amazing matchup between the Usos and the Street Profits on Raw. Sleep on this match if you want. But I'm watching this shit on the edge of my seat and I'm like, yo, it's kind of, you know, I know that the Usos are probably going to win. But goddamn, the Street Profits and the Usos mesh so well. And I'm glad that they went with that in the main event instead of The Miz and Cody Rhodes. And I'll tell you why. Because it is unpredictable. 
the WWE usually will not go with tag team wrestling in the main event of a show. I thought that the main event was going to be Cody versus The Miz. Instead, we got the treat to the Street Profits and the Usos, and it was phenomenal. And I think that that's what put this Raw over the top. There was misses on this Raw, but I'm sticking to the positives. I enjoyed this Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed the ending segment with the Usos going face-to-face with RK-Bro at the end, where both teams hold up their tag team titles. It looks like we're going to be getting a tag team title unification match between RK-Bro and the Usos very soon. But, like I said, tag team wrestling is alive and well. And because of that great main event, because of the opening segment with The Miz and Cody Rhodes, because of the great Cody Rhodes and The Miz matchup, because of other shit on the show, like a good matchup between the RK Bro and Alpha Academy, the only reason why I was a little upset about this matchup is because it's happening so often. But that was nonetheless a really good matchup. Because of a phenomenal, no pun intended, matchup between AJ Styles and Damian Priest, I'm giving this Monday Night Raw a very strong 4 out of 5 stars. A Raw that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I gotta say, right now, WWE's been firing on all cylinders, but they're not the only ones. Because I said it on Instagram, Wrestling DeLorean Pod, I said it on Twitch last night on the Twitch stream, I said it and I'll say it again, Tony Khan is not fucking around. And I'm gonna tell you why when we come back from this commercial break, because this man has a chip on his shoulder And shit's about to get really interesting. We'll talk all about AEW Dynamite when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't don't have a spot for you. 
starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings and salutations. It's your man CD, Fallen Angel, Christopher Gaines. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now, Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen, and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Before we get into AEW Dynamite, I want to thank everybody who showed up to the Twitch stream last night and did the live watch along on Twitch to AEW Dynamite along with me, your boy. We watched AEW Dynamite, we had a pre-show, we had a post-show, and because of the great response from the crowd, because of the response of everybody who tuned in, I'm going to announce right here that going forward on Switch, we're going to be doing an AEW watch along every single Wednesday on Switch, along with our regular Twitches on Friday. So make sure you tune in every Wednesday for the pre-show, the watch along, and the post-show to AEW Dynamite Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Twitch. Follow along. Now, we're about to talk about everything that we saw last night. I know if you watched along with us, you probably heard a lot of my thoughts live. But for those who did not listen and those who did not watch along live, we're going to be talking about all my thoughts from AEW Dynamite right now. So without further ado, even though this beat sounds sexy, let's talk about the Super Stack Show for AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Now, AEW was fire, first and foremost. AEW been on a roll, first and foremost. AEW, week in and week out, been putting on amazing content. Whether it's under the AEW brand or whether it's under the Ring of Honor brand, Tony Khan is not fucking around and I've been saying that and I'm gonna tell you right now this man is on a mission and boy are we seeing this fucking play out this might be the strongest stretch of dynamites in a long time Tony Khan is not fucking around 
Right now, there's a lot of hype in the WWE with Cody Rhodes. There's a lot of hype in the WWE with everything that's going on, especially with WrestleMania being successful and just being, you know, WrestleMania. Usually during WrestleMania time, that's all that people talk about the WWE. Tony Khan is saying, nah. Love him or hate him. I know he gets a lot of love or he gets a lot of hate. I'm going to tell you this right now. I've had my issues with the guy. I cannot deny the facts, though. AEW Dynamite right now is the most consistent show on television. Every week we're getting classics. Every week we're getting five-star matches. Every week we're getting strong main events. Every week we're getting these just great, solid cards. Now, I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people were talking about how AEW has too big of a roster. But I think that we're finally realizing the master plan here by Tony Khan. I think that we're finally realizing that with the size of Tony Khan's roster, he could constantly, on a weekly basis, have fresh matches. And not only fresh matches, but absolute bangers where these guys could go all out. Because they probably won't be shown on the next week of AEW. Because you're going to have them, you know, needing to take some time off. Which doesn't hurt the company. Because they have big ass name stars that they could just put into those slots. Right? So, for example. You have a crazy ass main event last week that I talked about. Right? I talked about it in nauseam. The FTR and the Young Bucks had a phenomenal matchup. Neither team is on this show wrestling. They may make appearances, but they're not on the show wrestling. But does that hurt AEW? No, because AEW goes on and puts on a match like Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki in the main event. Last week on Rampage, you had John Moxley. And Brian Danielson put on absolute bangers. They're not on Rampage in wrestling. But are you okay with it? Yeah, you know why? You're not thinking about, wait, the show doesn't have Brian Danielson and John Moxley wrestling? Why would it matter if you have fucking CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro in the fucking opening matchup? Last week, we had the Hardy Boys put on a hell of a tables matchup. And the Hardy Boys are not on the show. Are we like, oh man, the show's lacking the Hardy Boys? How can you even be thinking about that when you get a matchup like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs? Do you see how the plan is coming together? Do you see how shit stays fresh now? Because they have a massive roster that they can cycle in and out. They have like... Roster A and roster B. So week one, they have all these stars. And then week two, all those stars from week one could take rest because week two, those stars are going to be on top. Week three, you have all those stars from week one come back. It is brilliant. And Tony Khan is not getting the, the, the respect that he deserves for building such a massive collection of all-stars. Remember how right before the commercial break I was talking about Monday Night Raw and I said that 
Alpha Academy versus RK Bro was a good match, but the only thing that hurt it is I've seen it week in and week out, including at WrestleMania. Week in and week out, RK Bro fights, wrestles, whatever, wrestles Alpha Academy. And week in and week out, we have that matchup. So every time that matchup comes on on Raw, yeah, I expect a good matchup, but it's nothing that I haven't already seen. That's not the issue in AEW. AEW is able to have matches that are constantly fresh because of the size of the roster that they have and B, because of the cycle system that they have. They cycle guys out. We didn't see Adam Cole. We didn't see the Hardys. We didn't see Brian Danielson and John Moxley. We didn't see Andrade. We saw them all last week. We didn't see them this week. But like I said, we weren't complaining because you had Pentagon versus CM Punk. Because you had Red Dragon versus uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Because you had Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. It's brilliant booking by Tony Khan. Like him or hate him, that's my opinion on it. That's my opinion. You got to respect what this man is doing. While everyone thinks that he's playing checkers, my man's playing chess. And I've been critical of Tony Khan in the past. I've been critical of the AEW product in the past. But it hit me last night. I'm watching along on Twitch. I'm like, God damn. My man is playing chess. That's why he's able to have FTR versus the Young Bucks become a five-star matchup. And not even put them on the next show without people caring. Because the next show has a fucking dream match between Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. And guess what? While everybody's going to say that this show was great, I bet you no one complains that CM Punk, Samoa Joe, and all of them are not on the next show because the next week's Dynamite Super Stacked as well with matches like Darby Allen versus Andrade in a coffee matchup. You remember the first coffee matchup in AEW? Darby and Ethan Page killed each other. So I'm expecting a banger between Darby Allen and Andrade El Idolo. Anyway, I did enough talking about AEW in general. Let's talk about Dynamite, right? Like I said, a lot of people got my live. They got my live reactions to a lot that happened. So a lot of this, if you watched and you uh, you followed along on Twitch last night for the watch along, some of this might be some rehash, but it's okay for those who didn't join us last night on the Twitch. I, I strongly recommend that you do join us on Twitch. We have a fucking party. It's fun. We got music playing. We got wrestling in the background. You hear the show. You can watch along with me. We, we fucking, you know what I mean? We, we just have fun. But anyway, the show started out with CM Punk versus Pentagon Jr., a match that was signed earlier in the day, a match that I didn't even know I wanted until I fucking got it. You know what I mean? And the matchup was going along good. It was a really good matchup. Unfortunately, CM Punk slipped off the top rope and hurt his knee. That kind of hurt the matchup a little bit. But nonetheless, it was still a really good matchup. CM Punk picks up the victory. I wonder what's next for Punk. To be honest, 
CM Punk, I think, should be slotted in as the next guy to be going against Adam Page or Adam Cole coming out of tomorrow's, oh, tonight's Rampage, right? Which we will be watching along on Twitch tonight. We're watching SmackDown and on Rampage tonight on Twitch. Watch along. Join us. You don't want to miss out. But anyway, regardless of the fact, CM Punk put on a good matchup with Pentagon. Good matchup, right? Solid. Right after that, we had a very good tag team title match between the Jungle Boy, the Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Red Dragon. Really solid match. To be honest, I kind of wanted Red Dragon to win. I think that by the end of this, we understood why they're not winning this matchup with uh, FTR coming out and getting in Red Dragon's face and showing that they want the AEW Tag Team Champions to add to the collection of tag team titles that they currently hold. I understand that you don't want Red Dragon to win those titles and be transitional champions for FTR because you probably want FTR to win those titles next. FTR right now is flying high on a fucking momentum shift that is really rocking right now with what they've been doing. They're classic against the Briscoes. They're classic against the Young Bucks. Right now, FTR, with their new babyface FTR where the crowd is strongly behind them, they're probably the next tag team champions and they're probably the guys to dethrone Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So I understand why you don't have them face... Red Dragon for the tag team titles because you probably have FTR win and you don't want Red Dragon to be transitional champions. But good match nonetheless. I had my, I had my, you know, doubts and I had my little negative thoughts on Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue. And it's just for two reasons. One, Marina Shafir looked a little sloppy in the ring. I think she needs a little more seasoning. And if she's going in there and she's going to be getting a TBS title match against Jay Cargill, I'm scared someone might get hurt. Because as good as Jay Cargill is, she still needs a little seasoning herself. She's still a little reckless and sloppy in the ring. And so is Marina Shafir. I hope that no one gets hurt, God forbid. But it might not be the best matchup. Also, number two, I wasn't a fan of Red Velvet and... Kira Hogan being in, maybe Kira Hogan. There's no beef between Kira Hogan and Jay Cargill, but there was beef between Jay Cargill and Red Velvet. If you remember, the very first match with Jay Cargill was Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet versus Shaq, of all people, and Jay Cargill. So why all of a sudden, with no explanation, is Red Velvet in the baddie section where she's basically a f- part of an alliance with Jay Cargill? It just didn't make sense to me. But nonetheless, also on this uh, show, we had Sean Dean finally get another chance here against MJF. And he gets yet another victory, a countout victory, because of the distraction of Wardlow, who looked like an absolute monster on the show. Taking out security left and right. This is how you book Wardlow. You make him look like a fucking savage. Anyway... Even though we had a great show so far, even though we had two great matches to end the show, even though we had a dream match in the main event, my match of the night was Shane, Swerve, Strickland, and Limitless Keith Lee teaming up against the hometown boy, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. This matchup was a banger. This matchup was phenomenal. This matchup was absolutely batshit insane. And I am so glad... 
I'm so glad that Shane Strickland and Keith Lee lost. Because I think that Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs needed that win. I fuck with Strickland heavy. I fuck with Keith Lee heavy. There's no disrespect to them. But Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs needed that win. For sure. 100%. And also, fuck all the doubters. I told them, I talked about this last night. Fuck all the doubters who says AEW relies on their uh, WWE cast-offs and shit. You know, that's bullshit. Like... Once you sign your name on the dotted line to AEW, you're an AEW wrestler. You're not a former WWE wrestler. You're a current AEW wrestler. But nonetheless, we see that you bring in guys like Keith Lee and you bring in guys like Shane Strickland and these people elevate guys like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs where in a matchup on Dynamite, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are victorious. And in the main event, we got a dream match, an absolute dream match. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. This had some shades to Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi in 2005. If you know, you know. This was an absolute brutal, strong style, chop fest war between Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe. But in the end, nonetheless, Samoa Joe wins with the muscle buster. One, two, three, and he is your new Ring of Honor television champion. We all could have saw that Minoru Suzuki wasn't going to hold the Ring of Honor TV title for long. Of course, sooner or later, he had to go back to Japan. So Samoa Joe holding that title, a former Ring of Honor world champion for almost two years. Him now being a Ring of Honor ta- uh, Ring of Honor television champion. It just fits. And this is Ring of Honor. This is Samoa Joe's first title, first Ring of Honor title in over what? Since 2007, maybe 2006. So Samoa Joe hasn't held a title in Ring of Honor in many years, and now he does again. In the end, though, we had Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and the debuting Sanjin Singh. I don't want to butcher the name, but this guy was a massive monster. This guy was like 7'5", but he debuts. He's now the, the muscle to Sanjay Dutt and to Jay Lethal, and he absolutely takes out Samoa Joe. Oh, almost forgot. Jericho Appreciation Society versus Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz was also a really good matchup. Anyway, very, very strong Dynamite. I love this episode of Dynamite, and I'm giving it a strong four out of five. Really good episode. AEW Dynamite, about for four or five weeks now, has been putting on banger after banger after banger, and it doesn't look like they're stopping anytime soon. Because tonight you have a super stacked AEW Rampage. Tomorrow you have a solid card for Battle of the Belts 2. And you have a very stacked episode of AEW Dynamite next week. So it is clear that Tony Khan is not going to take his foot off the gas pedal anytime soon. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to be going back in time to... WWE, Monday Night Raw, February 17th, 1997. This is the show after. This is the fallout of In Your House Final Four. We'll be talking all about that when we come back. So stay tuned. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking Gates. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Block. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And that definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarain podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end off this shit off right. Usually I do this shit every Monday, but 
this Monday I didn't do it. We had a super stack show on Monday and then we didn't have time to do it. So we're going to do this shit on Friday. We're talking about WWF Monday Night Raw from February 17th, 1997. This is the fallout to In Your House Final Four where Bret the Hitman Hart was crowned the new WWF champion. But 24 hours later, he has to defend the title against Psycho Sid. Let's talk about this super stacked episode of Monday Night Raw. February 17th, 1997, we start out hot. The WWF Championship matchup. Psycho Sid makes his entrance. Bret the Hitman Hart makes his entrance. It is announced that The Undertaker will be facing the winner of this match, the WWF Champion, at WrestleMania 13. Before the bell rings, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and he attacks Bret the Hitman Hart. We have a huge pull apart. Psycho Sid says no one is going to stop him from getting his shots tonight. So he goes after Stone Cold Steve Austin himself. But when Psycho Sid thinks that he has the better of Austin, he turns around and Stone Cold Steve Austin takes Psycho Sid out at the knees. Whew, Sid is hurt. Steve Austin has to be restrained and he is escorted out by a, like 20 officials at this point. He's still... We still will be getting a world heavyweight title matchup tonight, though. Psycho Sid is injured but still wants to go. The crowd is behind Sid. Now, I thought when Sid was facing Shawn Michaels, I thought that the crowd just was rebelling against Shawn when they were going for Sid. But now he's also going against Bret the Hitman Hart, who is beloved, and the crowd is still going for Sid. So this is not the crowd rebelling against the baby faces. This is the crowd letting you know that they want to see more Psycho Sid because Psycho Sid right now is got the crowd in the palm of his hands. Anyway, we cut to highlights of the Thursday Raw Thursday where Shawn Michaels had a speech where he is forfeiting his WWF champion due to a knee injury. He lost his smile. You got to go find that smile. right? You, got, you can't lose your smile. You got to go find your smile, boy. Life is too short to be unhappy. You got to be happy. Anyway, we then see highlights of the final four match between Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader, Undertaker, and Bret the Hitman Hart 24 hours before at In Your House Final Four. If you remember, last week on our show, we talked all about that. It was an absolute banger of a matchup. I strongly suggest you go out of your way and you watch the main event of Final Four In Your House. It was bloody. It was brutal. It was a great matchup between Stone Cold, Vader, Taker, and Bret the Hitman Hart. Next up, we got Wildman Mark Miro. He goes against Savio Vega. Wildman Mark Miro, of course, is with Sable outside here. Farouk is sitting in the crowd watching along like the kingpin. Look fucking awesome. But how racist is the WWE at this time? Jim Ross constantly calling the Nation of Domination nothing but street thugs. Jerry the King Lawler calling them a gang. Like, come on, man. Why? Because they're black? Fuck out of here. Anyway. Anyway. This should be a very athletic matchup, nonetheless, between Savio Vega and Mark Miro. And it was, but it did not last long when the Nation of Domination member got in the face of Sable and Sable kicked him right in the nuts. The match is thrown out when the Nation of Domination is surrounding Sable and Mark Miro in the ring. Our man Johnson comes out. He's got the 2 by 4 with him. He evens the odds and the Nation of Domination retreats. It is announced that we'll be getting Farouk versus Ahmed Johnson once and for all at WrestleMania 13. Brett the Hitman Hart backstage, he has an interview. He says that he is focused on Sid and has to watch his back for Austin, but he says nonetheless he wants to defend his title against Sid tonight, 
and he says that he will go on to WrestleMania 13. He's bringing the title with him. He's not afraid of The Undertaker because after WrestleMania 13, he'll still be the WWF champion. We next get an intercontinental title matchup between Leaf Cassidy and Rocky Maivia. This was a good athletic matchup where once again, Leaf Cassidy, a.k.a. Al Snow, what does everybody want? Anyway, Leaf Cassidy got a lot of offense in. But the story of this matchup is during the matchup, a lot of ECW fans is heckling Jerry the King Lawler on the outside, right? ECW fans got ECW signs. We're about to get the invasion. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Anyway, Rocky Maivia picks up the victory with the shoulder breaker. After the match, Jerry the King Lawler talks shit about ECW and challenges ECW to come to Monday Night Raw next week. I am hyped. This is the world famous, this is the classic episode of Monday Night Raw, live from the Manhattan Center in Manhattan, New York, the Grand Ballroom, where Paul Heyman and ECW come and takes over Monday Night Raw. Going to be awesome. Make sure you tune in on Monday to the Rest of the Lord podcast while we're talking all about it. Anyway, we next got Goldust with Marlena. They come out. Goldust wants Hunter Hersomsley and says that this is personal between them. He says that he, that uh, Triple H, he made his, uh, you know, he made some gestures and made his way onto Marlena. And, you know, he says that the only way that Triple H gets Marlena is over Goldust's dead body. Marlena says that there's a lot of speculation about Goldust's manhood, but she wants to say that Goldust is all man and Goldust is more of a man than Hunter Hearst Helmsley will ever be. This leads to Hunter Hearst Helmsley coming out. They jack jaws. Hunter Hearst Helmsley then throws water in the face of Goldust and then attacks the blinded Goldust. He hits Goldust with the pedigree. Marlena slaps Triple H and out comes China, who debuted 24 hours ago on In Your House. China comes out from behind. She grabs Marlena in a bear hug and she just squeezes the shit out of her until security attempts to remove her from the ring. We next get the Headbangers versus the Hardy Boys, which was a really cool sighting to see here. Jeff and Matt Hardy here on 1997 Monday Night Raw against the Headbangers. Really cool. Farouk is interviewed during the matchup. He calls Ahmed Johnson a fraud. He says Ahmed Johnson turned his back on black people, which is wild that they're doing this storyline. He says that Ahmed Johnson, he's going to die and go to hell, and he's going to go to hell at WrestleMania, and Farouk is going to play the devil. Because he said that at WrestleMania, he wants Ahmed Johnson in the Chicago street fight. I'm looking forward to that. Next, we're going to finally get it on. WWF Championship matchup, Bret Hart versus Psycho Sid. Let's try this shit again. But Austin beats down Bret Hart backstage. Sid runs backstage after he makes his entrance. He tries to make the save. Security and officials, including Vince McMahon himself, try to get between everybody. Once again, this is the second time on this show. The match is postponed again. So it is not the first segment. It's not the first segment of the second hour. We're going to get this matchup in the main event, where it belongs. Back from commercial, Gorilla Monsoon says that Stone Cold Steve Austin is close to going too far because he's walking a thin, thin line here in the WWF. He says that they don't make false promises. There will be a title match tonight in the main event. We next get Flash Funk versus Owen Hart. This should be a really good matchup. During the matchup, Paul Heyman, of all people, calls into the show. 
and he says that he accepts the challenge of Jerry the King Lawler, and he will be bringing ECW to Manhattan, New York next Monday on Monday Night Raw. ECW is going to take over. Back to the action in the ring. Good athletic matchup. British Bulldog comes out. He kicks out Clarence Mason from Owen Hart's corner. Stone Cold Steve Austin's then interviewed during the match. He's pissed off and he wants to whip Gorilla Monsoon's ass. There's not a replay rule in the WWF, he says. He says, I beat all four men in the Royal Rumble. I should be the WWF champion. And he's going to open up the biggest can of whoop ass on everyone until he is the WWF champion. Back to the matchup, though. Not a lot of attention being spent on this really good matchup between Owen Hart and Flash Funk. But in the end, British Bulldog hit Flash Funk with a Slammy Award behind the referee's back. Owen Hart hits the spinning heel kick for the victory. One, two, three. Owen Hart wins with the help of British Bulldog. But there is still dissension between Owen Hart and British Bulldog. We next get Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Bart Gunn. Honky Tonk Man, who continues to be on commentary during Hunter Hearst Helmsley matches. I don't know why. It's a weird, weird combo. Jim Ross asks at, uh, before the matchup if Triple H has anything to do with the woman who keeps on attacking Marlena. He says he has nothing to do with it. He doesn't even know who she is. Goldust comes then. He comes down after the matchup. He runs off Triple H. By the way, he beats Bargun. We all saw that happening. Finally, we're getting the matchup we've been promised. We're getting the matchup we've been seized twice now on the show. This is the third time that we tried to attempt to have this matchup. It is Psycho Sid versus Bret the Hitman Hart for the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And this time, it finally happens. We have a great matchup, really good matchup. But during the matchup, behind the referee's back, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes back out. He comes back out. And he hits Bret the Hitman Hart with the steel chair. Which leads to Psycho Sid not seeing this, but still hitting the powerbomb on Bret the Hitman Hart to become the new WWF champion. Bret the Hitman Hart's title reign lasted 24 hours because he won the title at the pay-per-view and then loses it to Psycho Sid. Undertaker then comes out and he goes face-to-face with Psycho Sid and here we got our WrestleMania main event, WrestleMania 13. It will be Psycho Sid versus The Undertaker for the WWF champion and it will be Bret the Hitman Hart Versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we all know what type of classic that match ends up being. So I am extremely hyped. We got ECW coming to WWE. We got WrestleMania season. We got Bret Hart versus Austin. Sid versus Taker. A lot of good shits going down. I am hyped. Once we get to WrestleMania 13, best believe we'll be talking about it here. On the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Now before I leave, thank you for sticking. I know this this has been a bit of a longer episode. A hashtag super stacked episode. But we are still here, and I appreciate you guys sticking around. If you are on Twitch, make sure you follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We'll be doing a live watch-along tonight of AEW Rampage at 7 to 8. And then from 8 to 10, we'll be doing a live watch-along of WWE SmackDown. It's going to be lit. Join the Twitch streams. It is fucking fire. We'll be doing Twitch streams on Saturday. We'll do a watch along of AEW Battle of the Belts. And then going forward, we'll have a pre, post, and watch along of AEW Dynamite on Twitch every Wednesday. 
and will be constantly watching Rampage and and WWE SmackDown on Twitch. So a lot of cool watch-alongs and live streams is coming to Twitch. So follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Twitch. And make sure you continue to listen to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Make sure you continue to download the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no us. I love you all so much. Catch you guys tonight on Twitch. Join the watch along. You don't want to miss out on it. Peace out, everybody. Niggas acting tough in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Go fuck with De Niro, I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, the Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas acting tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's like a tough in the hood. To the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. To the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. To the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.